When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. Thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to hear about the relationship between gout and and kidney disease. We're also going to find out about the Build Back Better bill that was signed by the House on November 19th and how it could help prescription drug prices. But we'll start off today meeting Desiree Natale and Tina Zukowski. They are both with the Wright Center. Desiree who is the Director of Healthcare Innovations, is going to give us an update on what's happening at the Wright Center. And Tina, the AVP of Revenue Integrity, is going to give us all the information we need on Medicare. Desiree, welcome. Always a pleasure to have the folks from the Wright Center joining me. And first, let's get an update. What's been going on at the Wright Center? Good morning, Paula. Thank you for having me. Here at the Wright Center, we've been very busy this past year with being at the forefront of COVID, um, with testing, immunizations, and also COVID infusion therapy. With vaccines, we've done over 39,000 vaccine doses, and we've infused more than 500 patients with the BAM therapy. And COVID is, as we all know, it's still here. It's still going, and we're still seeing patients at a very high volume surrounding that. What are some of the other things that the Wright Center has been and does offer that people might not even know about? Here at the Wright Center, we offer primary health, which includes pediatrics. We also have behavioral mental health services, addiction and recovery services, dental services, and specialty services such as infectious disease clinic, our Ryan White HIV program, and we also offer rheumatology. And we should let our listeners know that the Wright Center is not just in one location. You have locations throughout Northeast Pennsylvania. Correct. We have locations in Clark Summit, Holly, German, Kingston, here in Scranton, and we also have our Driving Better Health, which has been out in Northeast PA throughout all of COVID, helping assist our community that can't come into the centers. Including immunizations. Correct. We've taken it to multiple locations where people out in the community, they don't have opportunities to come to doctors. They don't have transportation. So we, we go to various locations um, and we offer not only the COVID vaccinations, but they also do regular immunizations. They'll do well checks. They sometimes go out and offer COVID testing in areas where there is high COVID numbers and they're unable to get to the doctors. So Driving Better Health has been out doing a lot for our community. What else 
does the Wright Center offer that maybe, again, our listeners might not even realize? I'll go back to the behavioral health and the mental health services, the dental services. We have a clinic here in Scranton for dental, and we also have one up in German. Like I said, we have our Ryan White program. And we also have an infectious disease and rheumatology. Are they only available for certain people in the community or is the Wright Center open to everyone in the community? The Wright Center is open to everyone in the community. We accept most insurances, including Medicaid, CHIP, Medicare, Highmark, Guy Singer, Aetna, Cigna, most plans in our area we accept. And one of the things that you also mentioned, too, was primary health care. So besides all of the other things, you're also taking care of folks from birth onward? All ages can come to us. And we also, I did forget to mention, we also do have a geriatric program, which is new to our clinics. That's been up and running for approximately, I believe, about a year now. I think that was the last time that I spoke with you folks was when that was just getting started. How has that been progressing? It's been going wonderful. We have many geriatric patients coming in and we're meeting all of their specialty needs. When you're talking about insurance, I know the Wright Center does have one of those kind of programs, which I've never heard anywhere else where people can talk about insurance. Is that still something? Is that viable? Oh, absolutely. We do have what we call an assister program here. And with our assister program, we can help patients with multiple types of applications. So if you need an assister service, if you're uninsured, we can help you with Medicaid. We can help you with the Pennsylvania Penny Marketplace. We can help our seniors um, new to us this year. We began doing the Part D extra help applications through Social Security. And we're also helping with the Medicaid, Medicare dual eligible patients. So if you're elderly and you're lower income or if you're disabled on Medicare and you're lower income, there are programs through the county that can help pay your Part D premium if you fall within the income guidelines. You also can get your Part B premium paid and receive Medicaid. So there's multiple applications that we can help assist you with here. And you do not have to be a patient to get that assistance. If you need help, you could just reach out to us and we'll be happy to help you. How do people get in touch with you? It's almost like the golden nugget at the right center because many people don't know about it, but what a service it is. It is picking up. We've helped many patients with many applications um, and we're hoping to help many more. You could reach us anytime by calling any one of our centers. They'll connect you directly with me and I'll connect you with an assister. Or you could go to our website, which is therightcenter.org. Listed on our website is everything about our assister services. And it'll also have an assister email where you could directly get in touch with me through that email. It will also list my, my direct phone number on there. Desiree, anything else that you would like our listeners to know? What I would just like them to know is with the marketplace this year, open enrollment is going on right now. It's from November 1st till January 15th. 
So if you do need help with the Penny Marketplace, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Just so that the listeners are aware, generally nine out of 10 customers will qualify for financial assistance. And one thing with the American Rescue Plan is that they have capped that no one will be paying more than 8.5% of their income for health care coverage this year. So that's a really big deal when it comes to the marketplace. More people will be able to afford insurance through there. So if you tried applying before and the premiums were too much, you still don't have insurance, please take the time to look into it this year with open enrollment. And like I said, if if you need assistance, the Right Center is here to help you. And if something such as that is that someone is looking into, would they go to the Penny Marketplace first and get their information? They can go, if they don't want assistance and they just want to look into it, they could definitely go to the Penny website. They could create an account and they will have all the information available to them. It's very easy, straightforward to get through the application. They could always reach out to Penny directly and give them a call if they would like to speak with them. If they're looking for more one-on-one help, if you're just scared of doing the application on your own and you just want some guidance, maybe you're one of those, someone out in the community, you may be on the borderline where you might qualify for Medicaid, you're not too sure which direction to go in and you're just looking for guidance, don't hesitate to reach out to us. I think maybe we should just point out to our listeners that the help that we've been talking about is only guidance. We can guide you through the application process. Anything else, Desiree? Just that we are here for our community. We have many services to offer to you. We're always accepting new patients. Reach out to us at any time for any of your needs. Thanks, as always, to Desiree Natale, Director of Healthcare Innovations at the Wright Center, for joining us and giving us an update. Now we're going to introduce you to Tina Zukowski. She's AVP of Revenue Integrity, and she's the lady in the know when it comes to insurance, especially talking Medicare. Tina. It's that time of the year. I just had a great conversation with Desiree. We got up to speed on everything that's happening at the Wright Center. There it is, commercials all over the place. It's Medicare time. What do you have for us this time around? Hi, Paula. Thank you for having us on the air uh, today. We appreciate it very much. Uh, I'd like to go over some of the things consumers should be looking at when they're trying to decide whether or not to stay with traditional Medicare or maybe they're looking into a Medicare Advantage plan. Some of the things that consumers should be looking at when choosing a Medicare Advantage plan and trying to make this decision is to not only just look at the insurance company saying your premium is zero, you don't have to pay anything, but your Part B is still paying towards that Medicare Advantage plan. You need to keep that in mind. Even though they're offering zero premiums, you also need to look at what benefits are you going to be paying or have an out-of-pocket cost or what your deductible is going to be or what your co-insurance may be. So these are things that you need to look at because even though you may not be paying anything for the plan, you're going to have potentially some out-of-pocket. For example, your co-pays for your your doctor's appointments, um, any specialist. If you start looking into any high-end radiology, x-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, 
any diagnostic testing, ultrasounds. Also, when you take into consideration, if you go to the ER, what is your copay going to be for if you need to go to the ER? And then if you're admitted, they normally, um, most plans will waive the ER, but then you may have to pay a per day for inpatient stay. What is that? So you need to outweigh what your costs are going to be potentially. Even though right now you may be healthy just getting on to Medicare and everything is good, as you age, as we know, things may happen and you should put that into perspective as you're trying to determine the most beneficial plan and cost-effective plan for you. So let's take it back a step. For people who are going to first as you said, maybe just be getting into this and they're getting inundated with mail and TV and radio and all kinds of different information. Where do you start? Is there a place where I know Medicare has a website, but for all of these things, is there is it broken down anywhere? PA Medi. PA Medi is an assister type resource for Medicare which will help the consumer navigate through many of the plans and help them to try to determine what's best for their needs. I'm going to give you their phone number. It's 1-800-783-7067. And there's also a website and it's www.aging.pa.gov. And what was that phone number one more time? one 800 783 7067. Now, since we're getting inundated with so many, is it just for Pennsylvania? This is just for Pennsylvania. So if someone was interested then in, say, an AARP, for example, how would you go about getting information on those particular insurances? Yes, they're Medigap plans. So you would have to look at those separately so and now, call them or go to their website and, and look at the various plans that they offer as a Medigap plan. Now, what is a Medigap then? I thought Medigap was the same as Medicare. Medigap is a plan that covers what your primary insurance doesn't cover. So, for example, if you had Medicare primary, depending on the plan you choose, it should pick up your deductible and your co-insurance. So when we talk about Medicare, what exactly are we talking about? Again, give me an example of what Medicare would be, because when everybody turns 65, they say, I'm going on Medicare. But now there are other parts to that as well? Yes. So Medicare, they apply a deductible every year, and then there's always a 20% coinsurance. Those types of balances that go out to the to the consumer, the Medigap plan would pick up. So for example, let's say they come in for a test, um, whether it's radiology or whatever, they didn't meet their deductible, they could apply that to their deductible and or there could be the 20% coinsurance. So they may have an out-of-pocket if they don't have a Medigap plan that picks up that balance. So all of these commercials that we're seeing on television with many of these different spokespeople, are they Medicare or Medigap? Some of them really are Medicare plans. Like if you're looking at, there's some commercials out there now that you'll see for Humana, Geisinger. So they're Medicare Advantage plans. They're promoting their their Advantage plans for consumers to consider. So when someone then turns 65 and they say Medicare, what are they getting if they don't take any of these other plans? You would either have to choose Medicare as your primary or you can 
choose a Medicare Advantage plan, again, depending on your situation and your needs. You have the option. And then you also have Part B. Explain how that fits in. Medicare consists of Part A, which is which pertains more to your hospital. Part B is outpatient and some other services that are included in that. Part B, you do pay a premium, and that changes every year. CMS and Medicare do post that. The consumers know what it'll be. And then you also have a prescription portion of your plan as well? Yes. Let me just take a step back. So you have Medicare Part A, Medicare Part B. So that's all part of Medicare. You'll hear Part C, which really refers to the Medicare Advantage plans. Then the Part D is your pharmacy plan. So are you paying one full sum for all of this or is each coming in individually? So it depends. With Medicare, if you're taking traditional Medicare, you will have a separate Part D premium to pay. Sometimes with the Medicare Advantage plans, depending on what you choose, it could be included or separate. So where do we go from here? You have to make calls. You gave us a website. And then what are we looking for? Because as you mentioned in the very beginning of our interview, so many of these different plans have different prices and we're still kind of all using our crystal ball because we don't know how much we're going to need in the future. So what would be a good course of action? I would recommend that you look at your situation, obviously financially, and I would look at, you know, you'd have to take into consideration your health, any medications you're taking, and you really need to do a lot of research and a lot of investigative work. And I always say every year, put it on a, on a spreadsheet or on a piece of paper and kind of outline the plans you're interested in and what your out of pocket could potentially be for if you want to look at some various Medicare Advantage plans, various Part D plans, and then just traditional Medicare and look at what would best fit your current situation and think about the future as well because, again, there are some plans. If you were to go to Medicare Advantage and you wanted to go back to Medicare but you needed a Medigap plan, you have to be careful because some of those plans, their premiums are age-driven. So you kind of really have to think about the whole picture. Does that mean that once we make the decision, let's say, again, we're going back to the person who's looking for the first time at age 65, if they stay in a plan, are they better off rather than looking ahead and saying maybe in two or three years they decide that this plan isn't working for them because now you've got the age factor in there? I think at this point they would have to look at if they can continue to afford any out-of-pocket, if it's a Medicare Advantage, and if they were assessed a copay or any out-of-pocket based on their current Medicare Advantage plan. Again, copays, any deductibles, any coinsurance, and also, again, you could have hospital stays, you could have copays that you have to pay for for that per day, testing, anything for labs. So you have to just make sure that you can financially afford that if, if God forbid, you got sick and you, you had to have additional testing done. Tina, when we're talking about all different insurances, in-network, out-of-network, what's the difference and where does that come in in all this? So that's very good point, Paula. Patients need to ensure that they have out-of-network benefits in the event that they need to go out of the area for any type of services 
they may need because what may happen is, depending on the plan, they may pay more to go out of network. So you want to look at that and make sure that you have the benefit and that it's covered. And out of network doesn't mean even out of the area. Can out of network also mean the difference between hospitals within our region? Yes, a very good point. You also want to make sure that your doctors, whether it's your primary care or any specialties, are in network with the plan that you've chosen. Same way with any hospitals, labs, any freestanding radiology services. And when we're talking about out of network, out of the area, does that also come into consideration for people who may travel? That's also taken into consideration? Yes, you also want to make sure that that benefit is available. For if you are living, like, say, in Florida for half the year, and then you live here half the year. And then also you want to make sure if you want to go to another city like Philadelphia to go to Penn or any of those specialty hospitals, make sure that they're part of the out-of-network benefit. What about as far as prescription drugs are concerned as well? Or does that kind of fall under more of a nationwide category? For instance, I know that there are a lot of pharmacies that are in our area, but then again, are not outside of the area. So would that make a difference? It could. So I would definitely check with your plan to ensure that if you are traveling and that that the pharmacy where you're in, like say in Florida, if you're in there, if you're in Florida for the winter, make sure that the pharmacies that are there are par or in network with your plan so you can get your prescriptions at the same price and not have to pay higher or have any additional out-of-pocket. And that also factors into the deductible too, doesn't it? It may, yes. Is there anything new that has come out this year that maybe people who signed up last year are saying, oh, I don't have to worry, but now they find out something new is there? The only thing that I'm aware of is there are some Medicare Advantage plans that may be helping consumers with their Part B premiums. That's really the only thing that I've heard of right now. Again, you really just have to do the investigative work and not only just look at a premium, right? what your cost could potentially be, and see, look at what you're paying in your premiums, and then look at what your potential out-of-pocket could be, even with just co-pays. If you're going to the doctors or you have several doctors, look at the entire picture would be my recommendation, and then to see what's most cost-effective in trying to choose whether you stay with traditional Medicare or you prefer to go to a Medicare Advantage plan. What about deductibles? When we're talking about Medicare, Medicare Advantage, all these, even uh, the Part D prescription, are there deductibles that would have to be met? Yes, there can be, depending on the plan that you choose. That's why, again, it's very important to look at your current, like your situation, and as you age, can you continue to be, you know, afford those deductibles, any out-of-pocket costs that may occur with Medicare Advantage. And even with traditional Medicare, if you don't have a Medigap plan, you're going to have a deductible and a coinsurance, 20% coinsurance. In a non-Medicare insurance setting, there is also something such as out-of-pocket expenses. Is that what you're talking about? Or is there something like that in all of this Medicare as well? No, the out-of-pocket relates to anything that's assessed to the patient. So that would be a deductible, a copay. It would be coinsurance. Yes, that would be anything that is considered an out-of-pocket to the patient. It just seems like there is so much 
that goes on in all of this to have someone sit down and, as you said, formulate a spreadsheet and look at all these different things? And is it possible then, again, AARP is something that everybody knows about and it is nationwide, if someone decides that something in AARP looks good, but then something over here looks good, are you able to put all these together or does it have to be under a one umbrella kind of company? No, you're able to pick whatever. If you're choosing, if you're staying with traditional Medicare and you're looking at an AARP or another type of supplemental plan, no, that you can carve those out separately. They, nothing has to be bundled, even with Medicare Advantage. Um, I've seen some patients who have Medicare Advantage plans, and they also have a Medigap plan to pick up anything that may be assessed to them: the copays, deductibles, coinsurance. So I've, I've seen it. I've seen many different scenarios. Is that more confusing? No, actually, I think it's good in a way because they're covering they're trying they're covering their out of pocket costs. So somebody who even has a Medicare Advantage plan, and let's just say, for instance, I know one thing: um, if they have to go into a skilled facility, first twenty days normally are covered by most plans, uh, Medicare Advantage plans. But then you have that gap, so that's important too because in the Medicare Advantage world, you may have to pay a per diem for those days from 21 to 100. So it's good to have those scenarios of somebody having a secondary to even a Medicare Advantage plan to cover those type of -of out-of-pocket costs. I know when we've talked in the past, we've brought up the phrase, the donut hole. And is that something that is also able to be covered through any of the other Advantage plans that you've been talking about? Again, each plan is different. I personally have not seen anyone not have that donut hole right now. I know there's a lot that the president is trying to implement to help consumers with the donut hole, but I have not seen, I have not come across any plans that that was not an issue for a patient. Tina, you're a goldmine of information. It's just so confusing. We've made our way through here. Is there any kind of golden answer of doing all this that it makes sense? Unfortunately, no. I'll tell you that I had a patient who called me with a question, but it was telling me a story about how they chose their insurance and how they chose their secondary and all the research and time. They were newly just turning 65. And she had said to me, they have done months of research before making a decision. And unfortunately, because healthcare is so complicated and you have to look at the services and the premiums and the out-of-pocket, it's very time-consuming, And but it's in the end, it's worth it because if you just map it all out and look at what's best for your situation and your health, it's beneficial to you in the end to, to put the time in and, and look at every aspect to make sure you're covered in case if something ever happens. And see, that's the in case of just makes me boggled because you never know in case of what can happen. So I guess then my next question would be when you're looking at all of these different plans and again, for most of us, I know for me, it all comes down to what we can afford. But at the same time, you don't want to get into something that you might not be able to get the best advantage of. Is there, and I'm afraid to use this term, but is there a safe way to cut a corner? 
I, I would like to say yes, but really no, because you really don't know what could happen the next day. You know what I mean? And I, cutting corners in healthcare and coverage may end up costing you more out of pocket you, in the end. So if you're if you're looking at something and you're saying, well, this one, but this has, you might be better off to just say, maybe I should do it because... And again, I I don't think a lot of people realize that until it happens to them. Correct. Tina, when we're talking about health care, and I know this from my own personal experience, and now I, I don't have Medicare, but it had it opened my eyes when one day I found myself in the hospital being treated for a possible stroke. And I ended up in the ICU and I was very concerned and I told the nurses several times that, how am I going to pay for all this? And they kept telling me, you just need to take care of yourself right now or think about all that later on down the road. Have you ever spoken with anyone who's had that kind of an experience that, you know, maybe in the end, as we talked about cutting corners, that was something that has really sparked all this in your mind? Yes, actually I have. And it just happened to be a situation where that someone had to get daily treatments and it was almost $200 a day for these treatments that they thought they would never have to have. It generated a very large bill that she had to pay out of pocket, thousands of dollars, because she needed so many treatments. So, yes, I've been exposed to that. And that's where I become very concerned and passionate about explaining all this, because you just never know when something can happen I'm unexpectedly. A, and especially when someone talks about uh, cancer treatment, for instance, or any other type. And I know that there has been a big discussion even about diabetes and people who are on insulin and on different medications. So that's what you're talking about then. Correct. When we're going on to give people all of this information, wow, there's so much out there. And there are so many, like you said, there are so many ways to look at all these different things. If anyone has questions, um, you mentioned in the very beginning of our interview, PA Medi. And I'll give the phone number and the website for that again. But how would someone be able to get in touch with you in or if they have these kind of questions? Oh, they can just call, call the main number for the right center. I'm happy to provide you my direct line, 570-591-5172. You know, I'm happy to help in any way to guide. I cannot obviously tell them what insurance to pick, but I can help with any questions if, if they're concerned about uh, any services being covered or those types of uh, scenarios. And is there anything else, Tina? There must be a million things that we haven't touched on. Are there any other things that you would like to make sure that you get out to our listeners while we have you here? There was a lot that we did cover. I just, you know, again, I just recommend take your time, um, do your due diligence, and just make sure that try to ensure that you're you're getting the coverage that you need and that obviously you could afford, but make sure that you're getting the coverage and you're not having to pay a lot out of pocket for anything. Look at the whole picture and your scenario. Medicare started started October 15th and then it ends December 7th. And then Penny started November 1st and is ending January 15th. Okay. Anything else? 
No, thank you so much for your time. And we appreciate and allowing us to come on and discuss the importance of choosing insurances and obtaining insurance. Thanks again to Tina Zukowski for joining me. Prescription drug costs next on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, the Build Back Better bill is now on its way to the Senate. Bill Sweeney's AARP Senior Vice President of Government Affairs gives us an update. All right, let's have you first give us a brief overview of exactly what this is all about, because a lot of people get very confused, and now this Build Back Better Act comes along. Can you give us the overview of that? Sure. So the Build Back Better Act is a a really big package of proposals. It's part of the president's agenda for uh, building back after the pandemic. And one of the really critical pieces that's in this package is finally some serious reforms to the way we pay for prescription drugs in this country. Uh, It will finally allow Medicare to negotiate drug prices, something that the program is not allowed to do currently. It will cap seniors' out-of-pocket costs at $2,000 per year. It puts in a cap on on insulin co-pays. People will never pay more than $35 a month for their insulin. And it will penalize drug companies if they raise their prices faster than the rate of inflation. So those three proposals together, uh, letting Medicare negotiate, putting an out-of-pocket cap, and holding price increases to the rate of inflation together will potentially save taxpayers as much as $100 billion. Uh, and this is tremendously important policy and uh, and will make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, the number one issue we hear about is people not taking the drugs that their doctor prescribed for them because they can't afford to fill them at the pharmacy. So uh, we've got to crack down on these high drug prices. We've got to bring prices down for people and, and finally let Medicare use the power of the free market to to bring prices down for people. Well, obviously it is uh, getting a lot of feedback from your AARP members. And I guess probably the, I don't know, maybe the basic question is what's the holdup? It almost sounds like it's a no brainer that so many people would benefit from. So why not? That's a great question. Well, look, uh, there's no question that the pharmaceutical industry has powerful lobbyists in Washington, and uh, and they're fighting tooth and nail to make sure that uh, those prices can be as high as they can be. Uh, but what we're doing at ARP is bringing the voices of you know Americans to this to this issue. We have sent more than three hundred thousand emails from ARP members around the country. To Congress, we've made more than 9,000 phone calls just in the last couple of weeks, uh, urging them to make sure that prescription drug reforms are in. And, and I, I guess it just goes to show you that when we use our voices, Congress is forced to listen. And so we're seeing some momentum finally on this, which is great. And uh, and we're going to keep going till this bill is signed into law. All right. So when it does get signed into law, and I'm being optimistic there because, again, it sounds like it's something that should have happened a long time ago and we shouldn't even be discussing this. But when it does happen, you mentioned the the prices and uh, how people won't take their meds because they can't afford them. So it's, it's a choice between food or medication. Besides all that, what will it mean to consumers? 
Well, it will mean a couple of things, and, and it will and it will really start to to lower drug prices um, in just the very first few years. Two years after it signed, uh, seniors will start to feel the impact. Uh, that's when insulin copays will be capped at thirty five dollars a month, uh, in both in Medicare uh, Part D. That's the Part D is the you know the, the thing that people use when they sell drugs at the pharmacy, but also in private healthcare plans for people who aren't on Medicare. Uh, we'll also see that $35 a month cap. Uh, 2023 is also when the drug companies are going to are going to face that penalty if they if they raise their prices faster than inflation. So we're going to see that right away that those drug prices aren't going to keep continue to go up so much faster than inflation. And then in 2024, seniors will have a $2,000 uh, cap on how much they pay for medications. That's a hard cap. So no matter how, what medicines you need or uh, what you might get diagnosed with. You'll never pay more than $2,000 a year for drugs. And if you think about what is happening for people, for example, on some cancer drugs uh, or other expensive medicines, that can mean more than $10,000 for them out of pocket every year. So that's just not sustainable. And this $2,000 cap is going to be a huge, uh, a, a huge thing for people. And then finally, that's when we're going to start to see those negotiations happen. And then in 2025, the first drugs will be uh, that Medicare will negotiate will be on the market. So those prices will come down. Uh, these are these out of control drug drugs that have been out for a long time. The prices just keep going up and up and up. Finally, Medicare will be able to use its market power to bring those prices down. So uh, th- there's a number of big things that are going to happen. It's going to happen over the course of several years, but we're going to get to a place where these drug prices are finally going to come down for people. Bill, when we talk about Medicare and we talk about uh, Medicare Part D, especially at this time of the year when people are hearing all the ads and getting all of the information mm-hmm. and signing up for Medicare, one of the things that we hear about in that scope is the donut hole. And will that have anything to do with the donut hole that people talk about now when it comes to prescriptions? Yeah, well, I think one of the great things about this bill is that it um, is that it really makes it a little bit less complicated. It's so complicated right now how exactly. much people are paying, and there's these different different levels and the initial phase and the coverage gap and all this stuff. That's going to kind of all get replaced with a much more easy to understand process, where you know you'll have an initial uh, your your sort of initial amount of money that you pay your copay your copays. Again, up to that two thousand uh, dollar cap, and then once you hit that two thousand dollar cap, if you're a senior on Medicare, you don't pay a penny more for your drugs for the rest of the year. So, it really is going to make all of that a lot more, uh, a lot simpler. And that really complicated situation with donut holes and coverage gaps and all that kind of goes away, and it, it becomes a much smoother, a much smoother process. And you know, we're fighting. We I hope that we can get a, get to a place where we can make it even easier for people uh, because. You know, Medicare is is complicated, and it, it maybe it doesn't always need to be so complicated. So this is one of those uh, one of those things we can do that's very common sense to make uh, Medicare work better for people. All right, now what can people do? Because obviously there's still another step that has to go in order to get this bill into law. So what can we do in yep. order to help? Well, we think it's about six more weeks. Uh, we have a big fight to get this to the president's desk. And so uh, people can join us, can join this fight. They can go to aarp.org slash rx and they can join the fight. They can, uh, we have uh, ability there for you to 
write to your member of Congress, to call them, uh, to get engaged, to be part of this movement to finally lower drug prices for people. Well, I have to say, Bill, it's always interesting because when you're talking about dealing with government, so many of those in government qualify for Medicare. One would think (laughs) that they would not only want to benefit themselves, but benefit everybody else. But we will get into that one at another time. Bill, tell us about the AARP (laughs) website and and how people can get in touch with you. Absolutely. It's aarp.org slash rx. And you can go there, you can join the fight, you can send emails, you can uh, get connected with your member of Congress and make sure that they are hearing from you uh, about the importance of lowering prescription drug costs. So this is an opportunity for people to speak up, and we know that Congress is listening. We got their attention a couple weeks ago, and we're going to keep getting their attention until they get this bill passed and signed into law. And then when it does, we'll have you back and we'll talk about all the other things that we can talk about. Bill Sweeney, Senior Vice President, Government Affairs at AARP. Always a pleasure to talk to you folks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for Bill Sweeney, AARP's Senior Vice President of Government Affairs, for bringing us that update on the Build Back Better bill. And, of course, it now goes to the Senate. Then it would have to go back to the House. And then the president would have to sign it. Coming up next, we're going to find out about kidney disease and gout on Special Edition. Next on Special Edition, Michael Spigler and Teresa Cauldron with the American Kidney Fund have the details on gout and kidney disease. Let's get started. First, when we hear about gout, and of course we're in the midst of holiday season, so many people associate it with food. True or false? That is true. Uh, uh, it's true that people do that. It's not true that that's actually really something that's associated with it one for one. Okay. So where does it come from then? Because again, we've heard so much about gout that it is a rich man's disease because of what you're eating. Teresa, does that have any kind of meaning to you? Well, diet, that you can help it with diet, but um, you know, usually the things that we kind of associate are foods that have um, purines in them. A lot of that is usually fear, um, red meat. Uh, so I guess it could be rich man's if you're eating a lot of steak, um, especially lately the way prices are. But um, it, it, diet can help it. it. It will not cure it. It's just one of the things you can do. Um, but I will say people that don't know will say, well, obviously you haven't been eating what you're supposed to eat, you know, if you're having a flare. So um there is a, a perception out there that that is what controls it. And unfortunately, you can't fix it with diet. You can help it, but it won't fix it. And the reason I want you to address this, Teresa, is because you are someone who actually has experienced these gout flares. Can you give us a little bit of information as far as that is? I sure can. Um, actually, I I uh, had I knew about gout, I, uh, but I never understood exactly how uh, debilitating, how absolutely painful, and how um, how much it would affect your daily life until I dealt with it. Um, I was diagnosed with kidney disease in 2009, and it was shortly after that that I started having um, flares of gout. And uh, when you go to bed at night, you feel great. You wake up in the morning, and you can't get out of bed. You can't walk to your closet to get dressed. Um, so... You know, a lot of times it's too late to call out to work. And if you called out to work every time you had it, you wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so it's, it's um, for somebody that's never had it, 
um, it's impossible to, to really explain and get them to understand the pain and the effect it has on your life. All right, Michael, when we're talking about gout and Teresa mentioned the fact of being uh, involved also with kidneys and you with the American Kidney Fund, I never actually brought the two together. So how does that happen, that kidney, gout are interrelated? Yeah, but so good point. So, you know, one of the things that the main things that the kidneys do uh, is to filter your blood. And, you know, most people think about, okay, extra fluid, right? We make urine. But there's also lots of other stuff in your blood that your kidneys help filter out. And one of those things is something called uric acid. Uric acid is something you get from the food you eat, you know, just your body living every day. But in people with kidney disease, when your kidneys are not filtering it out as well, it has no place to go and it starts to build up. So it builds up uh, into little crystals, microscopic crystals that end up in your joint primarily, although they can really deposit anywhere, that are extremely, extremely painful. So um, you know, lots of people have kidney disease. There are 37 million Americans with kidney disease. Not everyone with kidney disease has gout, but a lot of them do. Um, so it's something that, you know, for, for anyone out there that has kidney disease, it's, it's something to be aware of. If you've got this strange pain in your foot that you uh, can't really understand and you know you have kidney disease, it's definitely something to talk to your doctor about. And again, along the same lines, why the toe? And that seems to be one of the main things that you hear about is a pain in the toe. Is there any reason? And I know, as you said, there are other areas, the elbows, the knees, but why the toe? For whatever reason, uric acid likes to settle in kind of farther parts away from your heart, you know, where it's harder for your heart to kind of pump the circulation away from. So it's it's in extremities, right? Lots of people get it in fingers and toes. It seems to build up in kind of cooler areas of your body too. So, you know, if you've ever... This time of year, so things starting to get cold. Your toes and fingers and hands are some of the things that are coldest the first. Um, so it's a combination of those things. It's kind of where the uric acid deposits. All right, Teresa. When I mentioned the fact in my introduction that you are a kidney transplant recipient and a gout patient, so which came first in your case, the symptoms of gout or the kidney disease? Uh, for me, it was the kidney disease. Um, I know I know some people do get diagnosed with kidney disease because of the gout. They go in for the gout and then find out that they have kidney disease and that's why they have gout. So um, it can go both ways. Uh, for me personally, it was kidney disease first. And then when, they, when the whole idea of gout came up, what was your reaction to that? Um, kind of like, great, one more thing to deal with. Um, <laughs> but, as, you know, it's always good to have an answer for why something's hurting or causing you problems. Um, so then you can be proactive and try to get it under control. So, it, you know, at first I was just like, no, you know, I don't, I don't want one more thing to deal with. But then it was good to know that that's what it was. And I could talk to my doctor, um, which is incredibly important, discuss medications and other things I could do. Um, maybe help prevent more flares and keep it under control. Michael, along those same lines, what role does the American Kidney Fund play when you have patients such as Teresa who are now finding out that, because again, I've never heard of this before. I never heard there was such a correlation. So it it's not something obviously new, but what role does the American Kidney Fund play in getting the word out to people that, yes, kidney, 
gout, it's a possibility. Yeah, so we are working really hard on that. We have a campaign called Goutful, which is not a surprise. It's a play on the word doubtful, uh, that really focuses on some of the myths and misconceptions that are out there around uh, kidney disease and gout, that it's the patient's fault, that it's not serious, that it will go away on its own, and the diet alone can, can cure it. Um, so we're trying to reach the patients that we already have a great connection with with kidney disease, let them know that this is a frequent problem that they might experience as well. And, uh, you know, for anyone out there listening and wants to learn about that connection or just about gout in general, uh, we've got a great campaign and you can find it on our website. It's at kidneyfund.org slash gout. All right, Teresa, anything that you would like our listeners to know so that they can be a little bit more prepared for what you have gone through? Sure. Um, the most important thing is talk to your doctor and figure out the right plan for you and then just educate yourself. Um, you know, go to the American Kidney Fund, like Mike said, uh, the website, and there's tons of information. Um, at the same time, be careful what you what you Google. <laughs> um, so make sure you're going to reputable sites and reputable people for um, answers. Always a very good point. Michael, I'll give you the last word. What do you want to make sure that our listeners know after our discussion today, which we could go on with for quite a while, but unfortunately we can't. So wrap it all up for us if you would. Sure. 37 million Americans with kidney disease, a large amount of them have gout. If you have kidney disease or don't, it's important that you're treating gout well. And to do that, you've got to start with a conversation with your doctor. Find out exactly what you do. As Teresa said, don't just trust Dr. Google. Trust your actual doctor and try to get some answers and some treatments that you can do to manage your gout. Michael, Teresa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.